Hallelujah. Welcome to Walk It Out with Leah McCray. It is good to have you back with me today. We are in Genesis 31. This is where we are transforming our bodies as well as our minds. I am on my treadmill today. And um, whether you are taking a walk on your treadmill, Pilates, waist, whatever it is you're doing, we are getting it in, transforming our bodies. Amen. Also, we are digging into the word. We are allowing the spirit of God to move within us and to reveal to us uh, his good pleasure. As we study the words, let me open up in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord God, for this time in your word. We ask, Father, that we would glean from it whatever you would have for us today in this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we are at Genesis 31, and I'm reading today from the New Living Translation. All right, verse 1. But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He has gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude toward him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your father and grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. He said to them, I have noticed that your father's attitude toward me has changed, but the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times. But God, hallelujah, that's a phrase that we know well, right? But God, but God has not allowed him to do me any harm hallelujah for if he for if he said the speckled animals will be your wages the whole flock began to produce speckled young and when he changed his mind and said the striped animals will be your wages then the whole flock produced striped young in this way god has taken your father's animals and given them to me Ooh, let's meditate on that for a moment. Let's just chew that around. Okay, whatever. Okay, Laban was trying to cheat him. Uh, we know this from the last chapter. But now we get a little bit of insight of how much, uh, or, or Laban's strategy, how he changed his strategy over and over to, to try and rob Jacob of his wealth and of the blessing that God clearly had on him. But whatever he tried to do, God just said, okay, okay, I'm just gonna make that thing happen. Uh, on whatever it is that you're saying that you want for yourself and you're trying to rob my anointed, I'm gonna turn that around and cause that to be a blessing unto him. Think about that. The plans that, that men or that evil people or that those who are against you may have for you, all right, to do you in, to do you evil, to cause you uh, uh, some kind of hurt or pain. God is gonna bless you. God is gonna use the very thing that they've tried to harm you with and cause it to be a blessing unto you. And Jacob didn't have to do anything. All right, so that's a lesson to us. Just sit still and let God fight our battles. Amen. 
uh, this is marvelous. This is marvelous in our sight, right? All right, so he says, oh, and another thing about this, Laban, it, the word said uh, that Laban's attitude had changed towards Jacob. You know, he started to have an attitude with him, uh, to, to be angry with him. Why? Because everything that he tried to do to Jacob, to harm him, got turned into a blessing. Okay, so don't be surprised if people have an attitude with you. If people start to, uh, if their true colors start to show because God is blessing you, uh, just pray for them. Just pray for them. You don't have to fight them. You don't have to uh, give them what they're giving you. Just be faithful to God and watch what he does. So, verse 10. One time during the mating season, I had a dream and saw that the male goats mating were the with the females were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up, and you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you, Jehovah Elohim, the God, wait, Jehovah Roy, the God who sees, right? God sees, God sees. He says, I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Okay, now here, uh, this harkens back uh, to some chapters before where God told him that he was going to return one day, remember? Uh, Jacob left afraid and uh, uh, afraid because he knew that he had deceived his brother. Okay, so he kind of left on the run. But God told him back then that you're going to have to return. Uh, so this word is coming true. God is telling him again. And he's telling him now is the time. So he says, now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah responded, that's fine with us. We won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway. He has reduced our rights to those of foreign women. And after he sold us, he wanted the money you paid him for us. My, my, my. So his daughters even recognized what a, a deceitful man their father was and how he was just greedy, you know, just trying to rob his own children. And they were like, Jacob, if God is telling you to go, let's go. We're following you. Uh, we have no part in our father's house. We are your wives, okay? Uh, we um, believe in your God, uh, so we're following you. So, and they go on to say, all the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So go ahead and do whatever God has told you. Well, I'm going up a hill, guys. So if you hear my breathing getting heavy, as I'm going up this hill. How y'all doing? You doing good? Don't forget, it's transformation time. All right. So verse 17. So Jacob put his wives and children on camels, and he drove all his livestock in front of them. 
he packed all the belongings he had acquired in Padamaram and set out for the land of Canaan, where his father Isaac lived. At the time they left, Laban was some distance away, shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban the Armenian, for they set out secretly and never told Laban that they were leaving. So Jacob took all his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River, heading for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. Okay, so they got a three-day head start on Laban, right? So he gathered a group of his relatives and set out in hot pursuit. He caught up with Jacob seven days later in the hill country of Gilead. But the previous night, God had appeared to Laban, the Armenian in a dream, and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Well, my goodness, hallelujah, and bless his holy name. So, Jacob is doing what God told him to do. He is walking in obedience. God told him to get up and to go back to the country, the land of your fathers. And so Jacob does this. And Laban decides that he's going to pursue. He's going to pursue Jacob and he's going to bring him back or do whatever it is that he plans to do with him. Okay, because his greed and his anger has gotten the best of him. But God, here we go. But God goes to Laban in a dream. Don't tell me that your father is not going to protect you. Don't tell me that your Abba father, holy God, is not going to intervene when you are walking in obedience, when you are doing exactly what he has told you to do. And although there may be some people pursuing you, your past may be pursuing you, things that uh, uh, people who, who have it out for you, who don't want to see you succeed or who don't want to see you grow in God, because really it's the enemy that is influencing all of this. But come on now, here we see where the Lord goes to Laban in a dream and he says, look, I'm warning you, you leave Jacob alone. You leave my anointed alone. You leave my child who is doing exactly what I told him or her to do. You leave them alone. Hallelujah. That shouts me. So Laban caught up with Jacob as he was camped in the hill country of Gilead and he set up his camp not far from Jacob's. What do you mean by deceiving me like this, Laban demanded. How dare you drag my daughters away like prisoners of war? Why did you slip away secretly? Why did you deceive me? And why didn't you say you wanted to leave? I would have given you a farewell feast with singing and music accompanied by tambourines and harps. Really? Are we really? Does, does Laban expect anybody to believe that? The fact that the Lord intervened and spoke to him in a dream and put the fear, the fear of God in him, 
made him change his tune when he caught up with Jacob. But we know good and well that he wasn't upset because he left without giving him the opportunity to give to throw him a party, right? Interesting. So he says, uh, verse, verse, what is that? Verse 28, I think 28, 29. Why didn't you let me kiss my daughters and grandchildren and tell them goodbye? You have acted very foolishly. Look at him. Now trying to put a guilt trip on Jacob, who was doing exactly what God told him to do. Don't let nobody put no guilt trip on you. Okay, if you're walking in obedience to the Lord, don't let nobody guilt trip you. Okay? I mean, first of all, we know that he's not being honest anyway. That that is not why he chased after him for seven days. Okay, we know it was greed that caused him to do that. But now he wants to make Jacob feel like he did something wrong. And think about that in your own life. When you're dealing with people's reactions and emotions because you're following God. So he says, I could destroy you, but the God of your father, no, this is not his God. And we know this. He says, the God of your father appeared to me last night and warned me leave Jacob alone I can understand your feeling that you must go and your intense longing for your father's home but why have you stolen my goods uh-oh okay so maybe he partly pursued him because of the idols that was taken okay so we didn't know he knew about that until just now this verse he said I rushed away because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, see if you can find them and let the person who has taken them die. He's saying this not knowing that his beloved wife, the wife he loves more than anything except God, is the one who took this idol. He doesn't know this when he pronounces this judgment on her. So, if you find anything that else that belongs to you, identify it before all these relatives of ours, and I will give it back. But Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the household idols. Laban went, and when I first read this, I was really kind of scared. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when he finds out that Rachel has this idol? And he said before God that the person that's found with it, you know, that the pronouncement of death be upon them. And he not knowing. So I never forget when I first, when I was first started reading the Bible from the beginning and I got to this chapter and I was so into it and I knew how much he loved her and I knew, I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, what's gonna happen? <laughs> but anyway, he says that Laban went first into Jacob's tent to search there, then into Leah's, and then the tents of the two servant wives, but he found nothing. Finally, he went into Rachel's tent, but Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel saddle, and now she was sitting on them. When Laban had thoroughly searched her tent without finding them, she said to her father, please, sir, 
forgive me if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period. So Laban continued his search, but he could not find the household items. Then Jacob, okay, so remember she was um, at her time of the month and considered un unclean. You know, I mean, you couldn't go touching her and asking her to get off her camel so you can search her. So Rachel, being shrewd, hid it where she knew that he couldn't search. Uh, so then Jacob became very angry and he challenged Laban. What's my crime? He demanded. What have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal? You have rummaged through everything I own. Now show me what you found that belongs to you. Set it out here in front of us, before our relatives, for all to see. Let them judge between us. For 20 years, okay, now he's about to break it down. For 20 years, I have been with you, caring for your flocks, and all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. The blessing of the Lord was upon him, carried over to Laban. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for food. The integrity, the integrity of Jacob now. And we know he started out as a deceiver, but God grooms him into a man of integrity, right? That, this time away, God has been, God has been growing him up, maturing him, like he matures us. So, you know, we can start out as one thing, but if we are in the presence of God and allowing him to change us and to mold us, um, we're going to end up with something else, right? So he says, if any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, I took the less my, the loss myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. Wow. So here we get a glimpse again of the selfishness and the greed of Laban. The integrity of Jacob started out, remember his name is, means deceiver, okay? Uh, so his integrity, but yet uh, um, that is contrasted against the greed of Laban. He says, you made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through the cold and sleepless night. Yes, for 20 years, I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock. And you changed my wages 10 times. Wow. In fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, hallelujah, if it had not been for God who was on our side, the God of Abraham, the God of the fearsome God of Isaac, you would have sent me away empty handed. But God, but God, here we go. But God, Ooh, but God, oh, we got to get used to saying that, but God. Hallelujah. He says, uh, but God has seen your abuse and my hard work. That is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you. Mm. Then Laban replied to Jacob, these women are my daughters. These children are my grandchildren. 
and these flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine. But what can I do now about my daughters and their children? What a warped, um, what a warped vision Laban has. Warped by the enemy, warped by greed, warped by flesh. He don't even see things straight. He's saying all everything that uh, Jacob has is his. How does he even get to that? Hmm. So come, let's make a covenant, you and I, and it will be a witness to our commitment. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a monument. Then he told his family members, gather some stones. So they gathered stones and piled them in a heap. Then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal to commemorate the event. Laban called the place Jagar Sehadutha, which means witness pile in Aramaic. And Jacob called it Gilead, hallelujah, which means witness pile in Hebrew. Then Laban declared, this pile of stones will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. This explains why it was called Gilead, witness pile. But it was also called Mitzpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, may the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep this covenant when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you marry other wives, God will see it even if no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. See this pile of stone, Laban continued, and see this monument I have set between us. They stand between us as witnesses of our vows. I will never pass this pile of stones to harm you, and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. I call on the God of our ancestors, the God of your grandfather, Abraham, and the God of my grandfather, Nahor, to serve as a judge between us. So, Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father, Isaac, to respect the boundary line. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to a covenant feast. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. And that is the end of chapter 21. And we have been working out now for, ooh, what's that, 20, about 25, I think 25 minutes. So we got a good workout today. We got some good work. Ooh, we have learned that phrase, but God. Oh, we've seen the power of that phrase, but God. And we need to be speaking that out of our mouth whenever we're facing a situation where it looks like we're being cheated. It looks like we might be harmed. It looks like we're gonna be suffering a great loss. Oh, let that phrase come back up in your spirit. But God, but God, but there's something that we should be doing before that and during that in order to give that but God phrase power. And that is we gotta be walking in obedience. Jacob did what God told him to do. And even though he started his journey on in in a oh what I want to say 
in a flurry of deceit when he left his home he allowed God to mold him and to change him to be a man of integrity and that's what we have to do forget about your past God does repent about it give it to him and say God this is I want to be the man or the woman that you have created me to be because that's who he sees in you when he looks at you through the blood of Jesus that's what he sees you're in you're in and he knows the plans that he has for you they're good so just think about that whatever you may be facing whatever challenge is coming your way remember that powerful two-word phrase but God but God amen well bless you have an awesome awesome rest of day night evening afternoon whatever time it is that you are joining me either by podcast or on youtube just bless you and let the lord lead you for his plans are good amen have a great one bye